Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been an educator for over 20 years, from paraprofessional to 10 years as a classroom teacher, to principal to district administrator, I've done it all. Being an educator right now is challenging, to say the least. No matter the role, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and stressed out. I've been there, and I found the secret to a work-life balance that improved my life. Join me in discovering simple secrets that will help you step away from the noise and improve your life. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to the Back to School episode. Yes, it's that time of year. Some of you have already been back for a few weeks. Some of you are getting ready to head back and are enjoying the last few days or few weeks of your summer break. Um, So I wanted this week to kind of prepare us for the beginning of the school year using our new mindset tools. So I want you to just stop and pause for a minute. And when I say it's time to go back to school, what is the first thought you have? Is the first thought, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. A matter of fact, I've already been in my classroom. I'm so excited to get going. Or is your first thought, uh, okay, well, I'm going to need to psych myself up for this. Both of those thoughts are valid. There is nothing wrong with either of those thoughts. But as you can tell, they have very different feelings that go with them. One is a feeling, obviously, of excitement, of potential, of hopefulness. The other starts with a bit of dread. And I will tell you, dread, I don't even have to tell you, you know, dread doesn't feel good. And that is not a way we ever want to start something new, especially a new school year. So you have some decisions to make if your first thought was that, ugh, I really don't want to go back to school. What do you want to make that mean? Where do you want to take your thoughts from this step forward? Do you want to reconsider whether this is what you want to do? Do you want to feel better about going back to school? Because that option is open to you as well. Sometimes you do have to start with that fake it till you make it attitude. But as you go through your ABCs and you think about the awareness and you break down those barriers and you create those new habits, you can get to a place of at least neutrality in going back to work or maybe even getting to that mild excitement about going back to work. Those of you that are super excited, and I was always excited every year. I always felt like, oh, brand new school year. I'm going to do all these things. <laughs> and then inevitably, you know, you get two or three days into that in-service week and you're like, ugh. <laughs> That's real. That's reality. There's nothing wrong here. This is completely 100% normal. But it's whether you choose to spin and sit in that muddy water or whether you choose to say, okay, here we go. I can think about this differently and go through some of the questions that we talked about in breaking down barriers, like what is really true here? So if you are a person that is not excited, what are the reasons? Like write them down 
take a paper and some pencil and write down all the things that have you feeling this feeling of dread or dislike or resignation about going back to school, getting back into a new school year. Write those down and then question them. Sometimes a simple question that I ask ask myself often when I get those feelings of overwhelm or dread uh, and then I write down all the, the things that I'm thinking, right? All the things that my brain is offering up. The first question I ask is, is that true? That is a super powerful question. And don't be too quick to answer, of course it is. Because sometimes if you question it a little bit, but I mean, is that really true? And why is that true? You might find that your brain is offering some um, things that it thinks might happen. Like you have no evidence, like there's no preponderance of evidence that these things could happen. Also, how do you choose to think about it? Because I also know that there is change happening in education across the country. There is change happening everywhere we choose to work, whether we're working on the West Coast, whether we're working in the South, the Midwest, the East Coast, things are changing. Our students are changing. This is something I always find really super interesting is there is a tendency in our human brains to think everything is supposed to be the same every year. Like every year, everything is supposed to be the same. And in our profession, we work with a new generation of kiddos every single year. And things move and things change. And isn't that wonderful and amazing that we can keep finding new ways to reach our new generation of students? Because Sometimes, and I mostly, I don't usually hear this from parents or from teachers, but I hear it more from parents is, well, that's not how it was when I went to school, (laughs) right? And I think about that for a minute and I pause and I'm like, okay, so parent, potentially you're in your mid-20s, mid-30s, maybe 40s. Okay, let's think about that. So should we be still teaching like we were teaching in 1995? Should we still be teaching like we were teaching in 1980? Should we still be teaching like we were teaching in 1975? And the answer, quite honestly, friends, is no, I hope not. (laughs) Because think about the other professionals in your world and how their professions have changed. Would you want to go to a doctor who was still doing the very same things they did in 1975? And I will tell you, my answer is absolutely not. Because think about all of the changes in the medical profession that have happened, the discoveries, the research, everything that's happened since 1975 in the medical world. I mean, even something as simple as, you know, well, I don't know that knee replacements are simple, but but those types of things, right? Those have all changed in the last 20, 30, 40 years. So does education, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, I love the changes that are happening because we really are recognizing, at least where I live. Okay, now I live on the West Coast and 
the changes that are happening in education for us are the pieces where we can talk about equity. We can talk about how we are now meeting the needs of kids that are further from justice than traditionally have been over decades of education, right? We're starting to question things that we're doing. Look at what we're doing since the pandemic, how much technology has changed, how much we've learned about that. So change is inevitable. We talked about that last week. And I think we can also view change as exciting in our professions, right? That's one way to look at it. It is a way to look at it in a way that brings me excitement versus dread, right? Because I also could very much think, oh, change is bad. Change is horrible. Look at all these changes that are happening that aren't good for kids. And this is off. This is awful. And I don't want to do it. That can be a legitimate feeling and a legitimate thought as well. But then you need to ask yourself, okay, so what am I going to do about it? Am I going to resist the change? And am, am I going to be a resistor? Does that help me in my career? Do I want to change? Maybe I need to change places where I'm working. Maybe I need to change schools or districts or states even if you don't like what's happening where you are teaching. And I know that comes with other considerations, right? You can say, oh, Katie, that's easy for you to say, you know, that would mean moving, that would mean this, that would mean uprooting. Yeah, it does mean those things. And you have to weigh, right? Those are all that we talked about last week when you're looking at changes, what are the barriers? And so if you are in a place where you can say, no, those barriers aren't worth me making a change, well, then I certainly hope that you can change your mindset because I hate for you to be miserable. I hate for you to go to work every day hating what you do. I've been there. I think I shared with you last week. I did 10 years in banking and I found myself dreading going to work every day and it wasn't good for my health. It wasn't good for my family. Yeah, I got a paycheck. And I had to navigate that. We had to navigate what I was going to do while I worked towards becoming an educator because I knew I wanted to be one. But there was some schooling that had to happen for me to get there. And so that wasn't going to happen the next day. So change happens. We make a decision. Now, where are we? Right? We're at the beginning of a school year. We're at the beginning of new beginnings. We're at the beginning of a new group of students coming in maybe some new leadership coming in. How do we want to think about that? Do we think about that as opportunity? Because that's right now where my brain goes first, of course, is, uh, wait a minute, change. What, why are we changing? And then the next thought is, whoa, wait a minute, opportunity. Opportunity is at our door. How do we want to approach the school year? Do we want to approach the school year with open arms embracing whatever whatever changes come and you know going going with the flow if you will but to go with the flow you have to have a mindset about that right you have to say okay i'm going to be open to change i'm going to be open to trying new things because every year my friends you have a new group of kids and you're changing something Every single year. Our bag of tricks gets bigger every year, right? Our, our resources, our tool belt, um, our intentionality. Uh, as we progress in our uh, profession and our experience and skill level in our profession, uh, we have new skill sets that we can use from year to year. 
But I will tell you, there were years, nine, 10 years into teaching that I still had to learn something new for the students that were in front of me. And I always thought about that as, as an opportunity, a challenge. Yeah, for sure. It's a challenge, but also an opportunity. This is an opportunity to get to know a group of new students that have new needs, that have new um, abilities than you've seen in the past. This is a group that you have so much to give to. You have so much you can offer them. Think about, I was talking with um, an educator at work yesterday, and we were talking about you know, how much, we were talking about teacher, teaching, and both of us, mind you, we're both district office administrators. And what were we talking about? Our classrooms and the kids that we had in our classrooms and how much it meant to us. And she taught middle school and high school. I taught primary elementary. And both of us have had experiences where we've been called mom in the classroom, right? And that means something because that is the impact sometimes we have in our students' lives. We are in parenti loci, right? We are the parent during the day that they are at school. We are in that role. And that means something and that's powerful. And so the beginning of the school year is where we think about how do we want to set that up? How do we want to set up the relationships in our class? How do we want to create a new classroom community? Because every year we're creating a new classroom community. How do we want to do that? How do we want to teach our students to work together, to join together, to learn together, to collaborate together? So in order for us to do that, we need to be open and willing to do that as educators. How are we going to create a new community? Some of our colleagues on our teams might change, so we need to create a new collegial team in our grade level or our, our content area departments. We might have a new administrator. How are we going to help create this new community with this new leadership? Are we going to help support this new leader? What are the things we are going to do in this new school year to make us feel empowered, to give us the efficacy that we all seek in our careers? And in order to do that, that starts with us and our mindset. Because we can't control other people. We can't make people do things. We can't make people think things. And it's the same with students, with our colleagues, with our supervisors. We have no control over them, th their thinking and actions, right? However, can we impact and influence Yes, we can. And how do we do that best? We do that best by modeling it ourselves. We know this as educators. We know when we model for kiddos and we give them the opportunities to practice what we have modeled and taught, that they get better at it. And we give them feedback, constant feedback, constant feedback, right? Whether that is corrective feedback, oh, thank you no, thank you. Try again. Remember, we're going to do it this way. Or whether that's reinforcing feedback. Wow, I see that you have worked so hard and now you are able to do this thing better than you were yesterday. Way to persevere. 
We need that as adults. We need to model that as adults. We need to provide that type of feedback to our colleagues and even to our supervisors, right? We do that respectfully, right? But we do that. That's how we find our voice. That's how we find our efficacy. I never, as even as a building principal, I didn't want a, a bunch of yes people at my table. I wanted people who could critically think, who could speak their truth, who could share their perspective in an intentional and respectful and a professional way that leads us to positive change, right? That's what we want. That's what we want for our school year. It's what we want for our kids. It's what we all want moving forward. So how do you want to think about going back to school? What are your hopes and dreams? What would you like to see for your students however they walk through that door? Because whether you teach in a private school or you teach in a public school setting, we have different little personalities that walk through our door every day. How do we choose to think about them? How do we choose to enrich their lives, to make them better students than they were when they walked through your door. And we do that together. We do that together as a school, as a collegial team, as a classroom community. I wish you so much joy in your upcoming school year. And if you are struggling with the thoughts and the feelings that you're, ha that you're having about the school year, you have that uncertainty, you have that overwhelm, please reach out to somebody. I'm here for you. Email me and just say, hey, Katie, listen to this, e this podcast of yours. And yeah, I'm not feeling I can do this. I'm here for you. I'm here for you that let me help you analyze your thoughts and help you uncover what you truly want in your life. Email me, katie at thejoyfuleducatorllc.com. Visit my website, thejoyfuleducatorllc.com. And if nothing else, reach out to a friend or a colleague and share your hopes, dreams, worries, concerns about this school year. Write it down. Process it out. Have an amazing, wonderful school year. We'll talk more next week. Until then, I'm getting ready to welcome back my administrators next week too. So I am very much looking forward to a brand new school year. Let's make the 2023-2024 school year the best year we've ever had. Take care. <laughs>